you know, we in any given day, we have the opportunity to make hundreds of choices for ourselves that we're we don't even realize we're making. Like every single micro choice that we make is a choice that has been crafted and created by our past, by our identity, by who we've told ourselves we are. And we can decide something new at any moment. And when we make that decision, we are presented with an abundance of choices to support that new identity. And, you know, I think, again, like another thing that I always talk about is this work is never finished. Yeah. It's never finished. And so to think that, oh, you know, I'm 25, I'm 30, I'm 35, I'm 40. Um, You know, I can't make a new choice is, you know, you can keep making a new choice every moment until the day you die. What's up, my soul sister? Welcome to the Magic Within podcast. My name's Katrina Lelly, and I'm a transformation coach obsessed with guiding women to unlock their power within so they live an aligned life of passion, purpose, and abundance. I've been where you're at doing all the things and feeling like nothing is working. And I'm here to help you learn how to live that aligned life of passion, purpose, and abundance. I've spent years investing in programs, coaches, books, and other tools in covering my own blocks, challenging my beliefs, growing and stretching myself to live my most authentic life that is true to who I am. There is incredible power in our experiences And by sharing our stories with one another, we help each other along this journey called life. This is a space where you will hear inspiring and motivating stories from other guests and tools to help you get from where you are now to who you want to be in this life. You get two doses of magic each week to fill up your cup and start living a life that is aligned with your highest self. We are not meant to do this life alone and we all have the magic within us to live this beautiful life that's true to who we are. I'm here to help you begin to unlock that power and start stepping in to the amazing woman that you are. Let's do this. Welcome back, my beautiful sisters. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. I'm incredibly grateful to be here today. I cannot wait for you to meet and hear uh, Dr. Jen Christman's story and get to know her light. Uh, she's one of the one of the people in my life who's had such a major impact. And she, the space that she creates for her clients, just for when you're in her, when whenever you get to be a part of her energy, is it's just awesome. It's like you come in and you're just soften and you feel safe and like there's just this kindness about it. And so I I cannot wait to have this conversation with her. Let me tell you a little bit about her, though, really quick. Before we dive right into the conversation, Dr. Jen Christman is a mentor. She's a teacher. She's a spiritual embodiment guide. And she is really all about teaching women about feminine leadership, embodiment, soul activation, money, wealth, and confidence, because these were all areas in her own life that she knew she needed to heal. And we know in this space, what a, what a beautiful thing to go through these things and then be able to teach them and bring them forward so other women can do the same thing. 
Jen, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm super excited that we're finally sitting down to do this. Me, me too. Okay. I have a question that I love to ask all my guests to kind of just kick us off. When you were a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a teacher. That's an easy one for me. My whole life, actually, my whole life, I thought I was going to be a teacher. And uh, a big part of where that came from when I was little was because school was my safe place and my teachers were my safe place. And I, there was a lot of instability that I grew up in and uh, school was really the only constant for me. So I was always, uh, well, when I was little, I was a good student. Uh, not so much as they moved into adolescence, but <laughs> as a little one, I was a really good student and always kind of a teacher's pet. I was very quiet and, you know, just a sweet kid. And, uh, and so school was safe. And I thought that I wanted to be a teacher. I even, uh, through, through college, I thought I was going to be a teacher and what ended up, it's an interesting, like kind of twist and turn, but a big part of my story, uh, was around healing the, the money wounds and growing up uh in poverty with a single mom and homeless at times throughout my life um i i felt like i needed to make more money than what a teacher's salary provides yeah. and so that was actually the what kind of put me on a path towards the path that i did take was because i wanted to make more money than a teacher made but i always my soul always wanted to teach um and you know it's what i've found myself coming back to just in a different capacity than a classroom like I thought it was going to be. I love that so much. Did you have like something specific in mind? Like was it junior high, high school, a certain subject, you know, the elementary level? Were you like set on any particular uh, avenue there? I think, you know, it's funny. I think it's the, it, it changed as I changed, just like I feel like I see with the coaches uh, and myself as a professional um, but, you know, when I mentor coaches, it's always, you know, we're always working with uh, the version of us that's just a few steps behind. And so when I was little and I was in elementary school, I wanted to be an elementary school teacher. And uh, as I as I got older, I wanted it to be older kids. When I was in my early 20s, I saw myself working as a high school teacher and connecting with adolescents, because even as a as an adolescent myself, um, not being like the greatest student getting myself into quite a bit of uh, trouble um, I had teachers that I turned to and they were my lifesavers because I didn't have parents that I could turn to mm, that's so interesting and so funny and when you were sharing that like the teacher aspect I had this flashback of myself because that was one of the many things like teacher lawyer own my own business like all these things but I used to pl play pretend in my when I was in elementary school teaching and I would be the teacher at the front of the classroom and I would call on students that were actually in my class and I'd yell at them when they speak up. And so it's this whole, whole thing. <laughs> oh, I get it too. I was an only child and I loved playing school. It was like, <laughs> I mean, I would, yeah, I just think back to some of the things that I did during my summer breaks, which was like the hardest time of my childhood, given <laughs> everything that I went through. And I'll be like, yep, summer was the hardest when I was out of school. Uh, but I would like, you know, I wanted to be a zoologist. And so I would get these books from the library and I would just teach myself and I would be the teacher and the student. And I mean, you do a lot of things when you're an only child to keep yourself entertained. <laughs> 
I love that so much. So now you're teaching women. So you're still a teacher, but you're teaching women about these things, you know, embodiment, leadership, really healing the inner wounds that hold us from stepping into our truth. Well, you weren't always in this capacity. I mean, you just took a big turn this last year. So before you got here, what were you doing and how did, how did that, how did that play out for you? Yeah. So before I, I got to where I am right now, I, in a past life, I'll say I was actually a licensed clinical psychologist and I spent more than a decade working in that capacity. And, um, you know, I always kind of put this disclaimer out there that I think there are a lot of value. Uh, there's a lot of value to therapy and there are a lot of missing pieces. I think that the paradigm as a whole is um, really lacking in that the dynamic, it, it sets us up that, you know, we can spend a lifetime in therapy talking about uh, our experiences, talking about what happened to us and uh, never really see any change happening. And there's also a, a quite a bit of dynamics that are present in just the culture of therapy in general. Um, you know, I never really resonated with the, uh, you know, there was this, there's this uh, like pull in our culture to make therapy and say, um, psychotherapy, psychology, one of the, like what they're called hard sciences, right? They want it to be like biology and chemistry. Um, but when you're working with the human condition, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. And so there's this push to really fit everything into a Western medical model, which means giving a label of a diagnosis and um, coming up with a treatment plan and while you don't necessarily have to work in that way, and I never did, I always kind of felt like there was something out of alignment for me in this process. And I knew that I loved my clients and I love them on a very, very deep level. But I also knew that there was something missing in kind of the monotony of let's come in week after week and talk about the same thing. And so, you know, working in that way for as long as I did, it, I always say contrast brings clarity. And so there was, you know, I saw what wasn't working and I saw what wasn't resonating for me at a soul level and how, you know, there was a, an aspect, again, an inherent in the dynamic where I was kind of um, holding myself back. You know, there's a, there's a piece of, you know, you, as a, as a therapist, you're not encouraged to give so much of yourself and inherently who I am at a soul level, like that, that didn't feel right for me, that, um, I didn't love the power dynamic that is created in a, in that therapeutic relationship. I, I recognize the importance of super solid, strong boundaries. And I, you know, it's still something that I practice today, but there's also, there's a piece of um, like true love and care that I felt like uh, I wasn't able to fully give all of 
myself in that capacity. And it's amazing. You know, and a lot of it, I, I say like, it's, you know, this was my, my own process and my own healing and my own shit that I had to sort <laughs> out. And, you know, I'm sure there are therapists who can listen to this and say like, oh, well, you could have just done this or that. And I could have. Um, but there, like, this was my work. This was my process of finding that right relationship. And for me, the field as a whole, there was, uh, like it, it wasn't an alignment for me. And so, yeah, this past year I went through a big transition and I'm officially no longer practicing Mm. as a psychologist. Mm. That's one of the things that I really have valued about what you bring to this coaching space, to the space of, because you do have that unique viewpoint from the psychologist side. And, you know, I I know in my own experience, having been through psychologists, seeing psychiatrists, been through counselors, there's really only one that I felt really made a difference and supported me at the time. It was when I was younger and my parents had split. And, but other than that, I always walked away more frustrated feeling like, okay, I talked a lot. And I think I learned a lot of my process of talking through this, which I still do, which isn't terrible, but it, it, it never supported me in the way that I wanted to. And then when I met you and working with you and and going through the programs and things, just that it, it takes that, that healing piece to a different level. I think then, then going to just counseling or just seeing a coach who's taken a course online. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's, you know, with everything in life, we're, we're working to find right relationship. And there yeah. is, uh, again, like the, I, I, I play a lot and I work a lot in, in the space of nuances, right? Like finding the nuances and, and the paradox. I think so much of life is a paradox and that's kind of the beauty of it is like, how do we navigate this? But finding that right relationship of how much how much insight and awareness do i need to have because that part is critical and that's where therapy can be so helpful and so valuable right it's if you don't have insight and you don't have awareness you've got nothing to go on but where but that's oftentimes where therapy stops and then we have to add in the next step which is okay, it develops the insight and the awareness. And now I need to actually do something with it. And again, this is where coaches tend to get hung up is they get so focused on the doing, right? I have to do something with this, but that's not enough. That's only, again, it's only another part of the piece of the puzzle because we have to, yes, we have to do something, but we can do all of the things and nothing changes. Yeah. Right, because we have to actually change at the level of our identity and who we are being as we are doing. And so it's all of these, like, you know, the refinement around all of these nuances and finding that right relationship that, um, you know, I've really allowed myself to, to drop into and, um, and explore and where I love to, to teach from. Yeah. And I think that that's so beautiful, the way that you just shared that. And I had this clear picture of it. That's what, it truly is that like they're in the one space, we get that insight in the awareness and we have all of the information. And then we end up not like bringing that forward, bringing that into that piece of who are we as we showing up. 
And then as you shared, there's the other side. We just go do, do, do like, okay, the more I do, then, then it should work. Right. Then, then everything should play out. I should feel better. Uh, my business should, should succeed like all of the things, but there's that beautiful space in the middle to, t- to bring the two in, in together. Yeah. It's beautiful. I love that so much. You uh, briefly touched on you. You didn't grow up or come from the easiest space. You had things that um, that could very well have created a different path for yourself. What was it about your story and where you were at? Do you think that supported you in instead of going down the path of you know um, where you, you you're not successful like you are now? What supported you think in in choosing the path that you chose? Uh, this is something that I've often, you know, throughout my life, I've spent quite a bit of time reflecting on and, and asking myself, because if you look at my life on paper, and if you look at my family and who I come from, uh, I'm the last person to be sitting in the chair that I'm sitting in right now. Like everything that, you know, what we know about generational trauma and how we grow up, like I should be, you know, my life should look a lot different and it doesn't. And uh, when I was younger, I'll say, you know what, I've always sort of known I was different. Like I was that kid that felt very different. I uh, like painfully sensitive, um, you know, super intuitive. My grandmother uh, used to tell me I was an old soul and and for most of my adolescence and especially was I like in my early 20s as I went into grad school and started you know developing more of this academic knowledge I I called it resilience I tapped into I had inherently in me there was a resilience and a, a, a quality to who I was at a very young age I can remember looking at both of my parents so I, I had to have been younger than 10 because that was when my dad died and both my parents were addicts and like I said you know I was homeless quite a few times uh, because my mom couldn't keep a job and uh, actually lived with my grandmother for a good chunk of my life because she was my she was stable my mom kind of dropped me off but I remember looking again you know this under 10 years old looking at my parents and and saying to myself I will not be like them and, and I remember making that choice at a very, very young age and everything that I did in my life, everything I did was fueled and in service of this intention to be different than them. It was a very humbling uh, moment in my life when I came to realize that while I had accomplished quite a few things and achieved uh, some superficial success, um, I was actually very similar to my parents because all of my motivation had come from the place of fear and insecurity and needing to prove myself. Um, I have a different relationship to all of it now. Uh, I do believe, yes, I am resilient. Uh, but I also, as I've matured uh, a little bit, a little bit older today, than I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've come to, to really believe in uh, my soul's path and my soul's purpose. And I, I actually believe that um, I came into this life and I came into to the circumstances that I did intentionally. And I chose 
my parents to be exactly who they were. And I chose the experiences and the situations that I went through uh, because my soul was asking to heal and to, to work through, um, you know, some of these, these lessons that I needed to learn. And so it wasn't just about, I guess it's no longer simply about being a resilient person. I think it's about really finding purpose in all of it. And, you know, I, it's, I, I sometimes oftentimes kind of take a step back in awe of the, the genuine acceptance that I have in my, within myself for who I am and what I've been through. Whereas, you know, I used to kind of just wear it as this like badge of honor, as this like, like, you know, completely, I was untouchable. You couldn't touch me because I, I'd, I'd been through so much and like, it, but it was this, still this like victim, uh, yeah. you know, like I was, mm-hmm. a, uh, people looked and they felt sorry for me uh, because of what I had gone through. And, you know, today it's a, uh, like there's a celebration. Like I want everyone when they hear my story, I don't want anyone to feel sorry for it for me. I want them to see how much beauty I see. Yeah. Mm. I I love that you shared that. And I was thinking about that, you know, that 10-year-old you making that decision. That's a big decision and declaration for a 10-year-old to make, but also then to carry it forward and actually walk in that path to where it did change the path that you were on. And I know that there are, are many women out there who have similar backgrounds or something that's that they they feel shame around. Or if if this is you knew the way I grew up, like these are the reasons why, who who didn't make that decision at 10 years old, but they're here now and they're still wondering, can I decide something different? I'm however years old, can I decide something different? I feel like maybe it's too late for me or, or though all of those stories we can tell ourselves, what would you say to her in this moment? If she's like in that space of contemplating, well, is it too late for me? What can I, how can I make that decision? Like I've already had all this life pass me by. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the truth is we're, we're presented in any given moment with an opportunity to make a new decision. Mm-hmm. And I say this all the time. I really do believe it. And I believe it with all of, my everything, my whole heart, that we have permission to change our mind at yeah. any time. And you know, sometimes I joke. I'm like, and maybe I just say that to like give myself permission, <laughs> uh, because I tend to change my mind quite a bit. Again, nature of who I am. Uh, I've embraced like the fluidity of my identity and my interests and all of those things. But you know, we in any given day, we have the opportunity to make hundreds of choices for ourselves that we're, we don't even realize we're making like every single micro choice that we make is a choice that has been crafted and created by our past, by our identity, by who we've told ourselves we are. And we can decide something new at any moment. And when we make that decision, we are presented with an abundance of choices to support that new identity. And, you know, I think, again, like another thing that I always talk about is this work is never finished. Yeah. 
it never finished. And so to yeah. think that, oh, you know, I'm 25, I'm 30, I'm 35, I'm 40. Um, you know, I can't make a new choice is, you know, you can keep making a new choice every moment until the day you die. Yeah, that I know, I know that that for me too, was even one of the most freeing things. Like we get to, I can change my mind at any time. And just because I'm going to be 39 next year, doesn't mean like I was thinking about it the other day, like actually, but you know, I don't know when my time is going to be. However, if based upon average human lifespan, you know, of age, like there's a lot of life left. There's a lot of life left actually in today. And in this week, whatever that is, whatever we decide to to choose that. And so I love, I'm I'm glad that you shared that because I think it's easy for us to get caught up in it's too late or there's not enough time when we're so stuck in and we get caught up in that thought, we're trapped in that thought rather than like surrendering and letting, and there's a lot of life in today. There's a lot of life right here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, a lot of this is, is breaking free from the social conditioning yeah. of, you know, a society that tells us it's supposed to look a certain way by these, you know, arbitrary deadlines of like, who came up with it? I don't know. But, you know, first, let's stop and question that. Like, but there's also a piece too, of, you know, as you're talking, I was just kind of feeling into, um, it's so funny how, you know, when we're younger, we put so much pressure on, on this, these, these timelines and like what we're supposed to be doing. And, I feel like, like the, the truth is like, we're not even really living until (laughs) it's like each year that I mature and each year that I get older, I open myself up to more and more levels of actual living because each year has brought another level of healing too. Right. And as that healing deepens the life that I get to live opens and expands and I'm 40 years old now. And I feel like I am the happiest and the healthiest and the most vibrant. And it's like, my life is just like starting, you know, I I don't even like think about it go. It's, you know, I don't have any time left. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Like it just keeps (laughs) getting better. Yeah, it, it really does. I agree with that so much. And I, you know, think back to 25 and I've got it all together and life is, you know, there's so much happening in my life and the older that I get, like the less there is that truly matters, but then there's so much more that matter. Yeah. You know, the, the depth of it goes so much deeper, so much deeper. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, finding your purpose. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm curious as to what is that actually, everybody has a different perspective on purpose. It's what you do, the job that you do, the career that you have, the business that you start. It's what you're meant to bring to, what is your perspective on what purpose is? Yeah, I think that, well, I definitely don't think that our purpose is what we do. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, I think that there are, there's a collective purpose that, you know, as humans, we have, and uh, it's certainly not my place to tell anybody what theirs is, but I do believe that there, that, you know, and this is, again, this is full disclaimer, personal belief system. So take it with a grain of salt, but I just don't believe that we as humans choose to come and experience this life simply to go through the eat, sleep, work entertain, you know, cycle. I think that 
as a collective, we've gotten so far from like, what is the meaning of life? Why are we here? I think that, you know, the, the life is the purpose of life is to, to experience. Um, it's just that it's to live, it's to find uh, awe and wonderment in like how incredible it all is. And then I think as, so I think, you know, collectively, right? Like as a, as a human species, like that's kind of the, the purpose is to, to embrace living. Um, and then I think as individuals, we all have that unique thing of, um, you know, what am I here to, to experience specifically within myself? Um, and I think for a lot of us, it's, you know, there, there's healing and lessons that we're here to experience. I think that there is a, uh, a level of joy and a feeling of being of service that comes up. But again, I think that, you know, these are questions that each of us gets to explore and find within ourselves. Mm. I appreciate that, your thoughts on that so much, because well, I see it in our, see it in our space, the space we're in, find your purpose. What's your purpose? What do you want to do? And, and to me, it's not about what we do either. It's about what is it, what is that piece we bring, want to, we bring to the life to that we experience. Mine is to bring love, joy, light, and laughter to the world. And that came early on in, in some work that I did. And it's and for also, I see, I, I love that you shared, you know, it's that piece. What do I get to experience too? not just what I bring, but what do I get to be a part of? That's a, yeah. cause that's a big piece. Cause we can go to, we can turn it again and go back to work too. Okay. This is what I got to bring to the world. Yeah. Wait, I get I'm to just, experience it too. Yeah. I'm like, that's so much pressure. Like it like, is. It, it's amazing. Like all of the ways that this, you know, we find to, to place ourselves under even more pressure than we already experience. And, yeah. you know, again, like, this has just been my path and my my healing uh you know so much of the work that I do is like let me unravel and unhook some of these ties that I have to what I've been taught about what matters and you know in this world that's so focused on productivity and accomplishment and do these things like the greatest measurements of my joy and me living in my purpose is like how how content and how much peace I get to feel in my daily life and you know sometimes that means just sitting on my couch drinking a cup of tea and doing nothing at all Uh, (laughs) like I I feel fully embodied in my purpose (laughs) when I'm doing that Um, so a lot of it too is just like you know really like asking ourselves critical questions about where did I learn this from and how does this feel like genuinely like in my in my whole body how does it feel when I think about um you know someone else's definition of what purpose should be yeah that's so so beautiful and you you bring up what I wanted to actually kind of steer it to towards next is that piece of bringing it into the body mm-hmm. really bringing that with and it wasn't until uh working with you and and fight in getting to know you more like this part of a piece of that healing process of the process of experiencing all of the things like 
I hadn't heard, oh, I'm supposed to bring my body into it as well. That piece has is left out of the narrative in a lot of spaces. Um, we're hearing about it more, but it, it, it most often it's been left out. Talk a little bit more about like what that, the importance of that piece of this work. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the backbone of the work. I think this is, this is why so much of uh, traditional psychotherapy doesn't work is because it's, you were so focused on the prefrontal cortex, which is the, the aspect of our mind that is responsible to what distinguishes us and makes us human versus, you know, all of the other mammals that we're so closely connected to. Uh, but it's this prefrontal cortex where we develop abstract thought. It's higher level thinking. It's our ability to reason and rationalize. It's executive planning, right? To be able to lay out the steps of how we do something. And as a collective, as a culture, we put like all of our eggs in this basket. It's, you know, been the push, the mindset movement for the last decade. It's been the focus on positive psychology and um and that's that's great like it's it's important it's helpful but again if it's if that's all we're looking at we're looking at a very limited piece or you know we're not looking at the whole picture and so we have to i believe uh we have to bring in all of the aspects of ourselves and you know big part of why people feel so frustrated in the transformation process and in the healing process is because they are spending so much time in their prefrontal cortex thinking about and knowing, right? How many times, and I'm sure everybody who listens to this will relate to the situation. You know exactly what you need to do. You know exactly why you are the way that you are. You know where you learned this from, (laughs) and yet you keep doing the same thing over and over again. And that's because the part of us that's responsible for this autopilot living or the conditioning, um, you know, of uh, like how we come to be who we are, the filters that we put in place, all of those things, that aspect is our subconscious mind. And that subconscious mind is literally responsible for 95% of our lived experience. 95% of every single thing that you experience every single day of your life happens on autopilot outside of your conscious awareness. Yet mindset work and all of these things are focusing on the 5% of consciousness. Mm. So why do we bring the body into it? The reason why we bring the body into it is because the body is literally our subconscious mind. Our body is the subconscious mind is is the two parts of your brain. The we call it the mammalian and the reptilian brain. It's your midbrain, which has your limbic system, uh, your fight or flight response, your hippocampus, uh, your amygdala. It holds all of your memories and your emotional experiences. And then the reptilian part of your brain is your autonomic processes. It's your heartbeat. It's your um, it's the movements. It's like literally like walking. It's your ability balance to stand upright. Um, so all of these are directly connected to our physical body. When you have a feeling, which is created in your limbic system and your your midbrain, 
the feeling is it all it is is a an electrical signal that gets created in your physical body again unconsciously now or in your subconscious we create stories around what that feeling means we attach meaning to that feeling which then you know creates and just and supports everything that we experience in our life so if we want to create real healing we have to go in at the level of the body and we have to work with the subconscious and specifically work with the subconscious in a way that we are reprogramming you have to think of our 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 you know the holistic uh, body as a as a computer right it's a it's a computer that's been programmed there's some um, aspects of the the programming that are inherent that just come with the computer and then there are some that are like apps that you download <laughs> right and you know just like a computer processing system if you've been using it for a long time like sometimes it gets outdated sometimes it needs an upgrade sometimes you know we need to delete some of the apps that uh, don't work anymore and that's what we're doing on a cellular level with our body and and when you go in, at the level of your body and you create a new uh, operating system, that's when you get to really experience true change and transformation because it happens at the cellular level. It doesn't just happen at you know, the level of your conscious thinking, which is, again, 5% yeah. of the whole picture. Yeah. Does that make sense? It, kind of a... You explained that so, so well okay, to good. where somebody who... <laughs> who, who wouldn't know, or, or has only heard a little bit about this kind of work is, is would understand it in, in such a great way. And it's so true. Like I could, because I, I mean, my own experience was that a lot of that conscious work and it, and for that true transformation, it's getting down into the rest of the computer, the rest of the body. And this is why we do end up frustrated. This is why we continue to see our ourselves show up and, and keep hitting the same wall or, or keep sabotaging the same things over and over again until we get really down to that, to that piece of it. That's where that true transformation really lies. I love that you're sharing that and talking, talking about that and teaching that because um, I know so many people could benefit from where that is. Imagine how differently your life would look right now talking to those of you listening or even the world would look right now if we went deeper deeper and I think that this is also you know there's such a again this is part of like my uh my my struggle with so much of the popular methodologies is that I think you know when there's like this focus on mindset and someone's like just think positive yeah uh, you know, inherently it creates this dynamic where uh, people end up feeling like they're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Like it's not working because they're not doing it right. And and that's why you know, I feel so passionate about this because it's not that you're not doing it right. It's that the system is broken and it's a system that's setting you up to fail. Like I get so frustrated when I hear someone, you know, talking about the importance of mindset work and positive thinking. And then, you know, there's, there's this aspect of like, let's work with 
the reality of the human condition, which is as human beings, we are on average experiencing 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. Do you know what it would take to attend to all of those thoughts? Like we couldn't possibly, we couldn't possibly take care of every single one of those and make sure that every single one of those thoughts are positive. So for me, I'm like, I don't care about positive or quote unquote negative thoughts. What I care about is what do you do when the thoughts show up? Yeah. Right. It's because I can have a a really shitty negative thought. I can have, you know, a thought that tells me, you know, what I have to say doesn't matter. And I can have a thought that tells me, you know, why bother? And I can have a thought that tells me that this isn't going to work out. And I can have a thought that tells me, you know, I'm not good at this and all of the thoughts, right. I can have all of those thoughts. And when those thoughts come up, you know, in the positive thinking paradigm, what happens for most of us, we have this thought and then we're like, oh my God, I just had this thought and I've ruined it. And and now I'm going to attract all of these bad things because, you know, your yeah. thoughts are what attract and, and there's this like setup and what's happening now. Now I've created a chain reaction in my body. My, my nervous system is shot. My, you know, I'm in a state of fight or flight. My anxiety is high and what's happening now I'm feeding and I'm fueling. And the, the way that I approach this, again, working at a, a, a level of embodiment, working at a space where I can heal my nervous system, that allows me to be able to have a thought like, oh my God, this isn't going to work out. Or, oh my God, I, I can't believe I said that stupid thing or whatever the thought is. And the reaction is one of awareness and recognition. Oh, I see. I just had that thought, right? And now I can, well, let me just like take a, let me stop here and take a breath. Let me breathe into my body. Let me take a moment and see like where where in my body am I feeling the energy of this thought? Okay, let us what if I what if I were to offer myself some compassion? Right? What if I recognize that, oh, you I of course you had this thought because that's that's what what our brains do. That's what they're hardwired to do. Of course you had that thought, right? Now I'm approaching myself from the level of acceptance rather than shame and judgment. And when we open ourselves up to this new paradigm, it takes off some of this uh, like pressure to be so perfect. And this, this sentiment, again, that's like inherently built into the system and the model that I'm doing something wrong simply because I'm having human experiences. I love that. Oh my gosh. Like, I hope you were taking notes because that was just so incredibly powerful and just knowing that there is another level and because I know so many women out there are like okay I'm thinking those positive thoughts but but secretly behind those thoughts are that is this working am I doing it right oh my god wait did it and there's a disconnect I remember feeling that for so long like there's that disconnect I am happy healthy brave but underneath it I felt really not so happy healthy brave and icky And those, it's important. I mean, this piece is definitely important. It's a part of the process, but it's only a piece of the process to really, like Jen said, like stepping into and embodying and then having this transformational change. And so taking it down to the next layer, this is the work. And she, you brought up breath, which has been 
huge in, and is a huge, beautiful tool in helping you step into this space. Um, quickly, just share like a little bit on, you don't have to do it quickly, but share a little bit on, on breath work as well before. Yeah. So, so I, I love breath work. Um, I, you know, there are a few, there are a few techniques and modalities that I, that I teach and that I, uh, I advocate incorporating into our daily life and breath is one of them. I think that, you know, our breath is our, you know, it's our body's most powerful medicine. Your breath is your body's way of knowing you're safe. And we can create so much healing in our body by learning how to consciously tune in and connect with our breath. And we can do this in a number of ways. We can do it, um, you know, by simply bringing consciousness, like I said, to your breath. You can, you know, find a state of relaxation by simply tuning in and making a choice to breathe more intentionally. You can also have profound spiritual experiences when you tap into some of the more activating breath practices. So again, we have, uh, you know, there's a, there's a continuum and a, uh, all of these different breathing techniques breathing modalities that we can tune into and they kind of fall on a continuum of being on one end supporting and activating our parasympathetic nervous system which is the part of our nervous system that's responsible for rest and safety and sleep so there are certain breathing techniques that help trigger that parasympathetic response put us into a deeper state of relaxation safety acceptance, sleep, digestion, all of those things. And then on the other end of the continuum, we have activating breathing practices. And these are specific types of breath that are intended to actually turn on and move energy through your body. And uh, some of these can be like a really quick burst of, you know, just you're in an afternoon slump and rather than reaching for coffee, you can do a really quick uh, breath activation. Or uh, there are experiences, and like this is what we do in my monthly membership, where we have a, a monthly breathwork session. It's an hour long, and you're in a, a state of active breathing for a prolonged period of time. And each month we do this, we fo focus on a different theme for the month, and uh, we take a journey with our breath, uh, along with the, some guided music to support that journey. And when you are in this state, it's essentially putting ourselves into a state of hyperventilation, really. Um, but we're activating energy throughout our whole body. And people can experience, like I said, profound spiritual, um, life-changing experiences of uh, visions and downloads and insights and emotional releases that uh, are are incredibly powerful. And again, it's all happening simply with your breath, which is what I think is so beautiful because, you know, there's a, there's also a lot of work and healing that's happening. And I, I, this is a big part of what I do as well with plant medicine and I love it. And, and I, and I really, 
am so inspired by what's happening with plant medicine, but there's still this piece that you're, you're relying and you're looking for something outside of yourself to give you the guidance. And with breath work, you're only relying on yourself. You need nothing outside of you to, to create these meaningful practices and experiences. And that's really what I love and why I think it's, it's so important to, to lean into. Mm. And I, I love breath work. Her monthly membership is incredible. She provides a couple of different modalities in doing this work and deepening into it. And I'll make sure that it's linked up so you guys can check it out um, for sure. Um, I highly recommend it. I, I, um, recommend my kid, my clients, my kids to it. My kids will be there someday, <laughs> but my clients to it as well. Oh my gosh. I love this conversation. And you know that we could talk all day about all of this kind of work. What, um, do you have anything else on your heart you want to share before we do go today? Oh, um, anything else on my heart? I always have so many things on my heart. <laughs> just, you know, like I, I always kind of, I do always come back to this just, um, the gratitude and the appreciation that I truly do feel for anyone uh, at any point who who makes a choice to share their time with me, allowing me to be a part of that. And you know, I really do believe that time is our most precious commodity. And I lost my mom two years ago, and you know, really just opened up this whole new a level and dimension of understanding and respect that I have for how precious our time is. And so I never take it lightly when someone chooses to share even a moment of their time with me. It's such a gift and it's such a privilege. And so um, just just my, my gratitude and appreciation for allowing me to be here and to, to share some of my, you know, the insights and, you know, how my brain works. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. I just, I love you so much. And I'm so grateful for your time as well. And your light and the work that you're doing. It's impacted me. It's impacted my family. It's, it's making impact on the women that are in your community. And, uh, it's just so real. It's, it's like the good stuff. It's the good stuff. You know, it's like the gray stuff. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, it really, really is. So, oh my gosh, sisters, I know you got so much out of today's episode. I am so excited for you to see what your takeaways are from Jen. Find her, I'll, I'll link all of her stuff down in the show notes, but make sure you, you know, take a screenshot, tag us, or send either, send Jen a, a DM and let her know what you took away from this episode your gratitude for sharing her light so much. All right, sending you all the love and light in the world, ladies. Thank you so much for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who has a powerful story and are doing big things, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you helped me get this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way to take 60 seconds, leave me a five-star review, and share this episode with a girlfriend. Don't forget to tag me on social media, and if that's not your thing, shoot me a DM because I would like to personally thank you for doing so. We are not meant to do this life alone, 
and I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. Until next time.